You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Hey, Penelope Poodle, guess what? I'm taking you to the vet to get hypnotized. Apparently, hypnosis can help people kick bad habits. And you're practically people, so I know it'll work. Oh, I'm so excited. You're finally going to stop chewing my shoes. <laughs> oh, come on, Penelope. Don't play innocent with me. <sighs> Batting your eyelashes isn't going to work. Look, we all know you're chewing my shoes. I mean, who else could it be? <laughs> hmm, that's what I thought. Come on, Penelope. <laughs> Penelope, no, no, don't run away. Stay up. <sighs> okay, fine, I'll follow you. What the? Mark? Sandin? What are you doing with my shoe in your mouth? Uh... You're chewing my brand new Jordans. Why? I read chewing tough things is great at strengthening your jaw. And I need a really strong jaw to get through my Taco Tuesday Chompathon. Plus, I wasn't about to chew my own brand new Jordans. Penelope, I am so sorry. Can you ever forgive me? I owe you a major apology. <laughs> and Mark, you owe me some new shoes. You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm your host, Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Jasmine from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, Molly. Today, we're exploring hypnosis, what it is, and how it works. It's a topic we've gotten a few questions about. Is hypnosis real? If it's even real, how does hypnosis work? That was Elijah in Columbia, South Carolina, and Dennis in Kirkland, Washington. So hypnosis might seem like something straight out of a comic book, but it's actually a real practice. We're going to start by talking about hypnotherapy, which is the type of hypnosis doctors use. Hypnosis is something doctors and other medical workers have been doing in various forms for thousands of years. They can use it to help patients with all sorts of things, from being less afraid of needles to feeling less anxiety and stress around a surgery. It can even help pregnant people stay calm through childbirth. But the question is, how does it work? You're getting relaxated. Very relaxated. Brains on producer Rosie DuPont. Why, yes, Molly Bloom. I sense you and Jasmine are getting relaxated to talk about... Hypnosis! Woo! Relaxited? Relaxed and excited at the same time. It's my new favorite way to be. It's sort of like... Eating a massive bucket of pink cotton candy whilst trying to float motionless on my back in a warm turquoise pool. And I'm relaxated to talk to you about how hypnosis works. So, to start, let's talk about what hypnotherapy is. I wanted an expert opinion, so I called up Dr. Daniel Cohen, or as he likes to be called, Dr. Dan. He's a pediatrician from Minnesota, which means he's a doctor for kids. And he's been practicing hypnosis with his patients for years. I asked him how he defines it. Formal hypnosis is learning how to utilize natural abilities, imagination, pretending, daydreaming, how to get to those on purpose in a controlled environment with a clinician who is an expert in that area, and to use that for solving a particular problem. 
So basically, hypnosis is when a person enters a relaxed state of awareness, similar to daydreaming, with the help of a doctor. They're not sleeping, and they know what's going on around them, but they feel very chill. Once they're in this calm state of mind, they're more open to suggestions, which makes it easier for them to change their thoughts and behaviors. So it's a way to just open up your mind to doing things differently? Exactly. Another way to think about it is hypnosis is made up of three ingredients. Dissociation, absorption, and suggestibility. Cool. Let's break down those words. Dissociation means like zoning out or playing pretend. Or dreaming while you're awake. Mm-hmm. So during hypnosis, you can be sitting on your bedroom floor, but in your imagination, you might be in the rainforest. And it'll actually feel like you're surrounded by trees and moss and sloths. Then there's absorption. I know this one. Absorption is when you're so caught up in your imagination, you don't notice what's going on around you. You're totally absorbed in what you're doing. Sort of like when you're reading a book and you're so lost in the story, you don't hear your mom calling you for dinner. And once you're totally absorbed or in a trance, most people relax and open up to other people's suggestions. Ah, that's the third word you mentioned, suggestibility. That means you're very open to new ideas from other people. Right. So if a hypnotherapist tells you your arm feels as light as a balloon, your arm might start to feel like it's floating. Or if your eyes are closed and they tell you your eyelids are so heavy you can't open your eyes, you might start to feel like you can't open them. Ooh, that would make me nervous. Yeah. Can someone who practices hypnosis make someone do things they don't want to do? Nothing happens unless you decide and you're willing and want to do it. It's up to you because you are the boss of your body. So people have to want to do the things suggested to them. Exactly. So hypnosis isn't sleep and you don't lose consciousness, all a doctor can do is allow you to do something you already want to do deep down. And this is usually how hypnosis works. But different people respond in different ways. I've heard about this. For some people, it works like a charm, but for others, it can be really tough for hypnosis to work. Yes. Scientists have been studying what makes people easy to hypnotize, and it seems like a trait that's passed down from one generation to another. Which means if your parents are easy to hypnotize, you might be too. Exactly. In general, though, people who are easy to hypnotize tend to trust people more and use their imaginations a lot. Jasmine, do you think you would be easy to hypnotize? No, because I feel like I'm more aware of what's going on around me. What about you, Molly? I think I couldn't be hypnotized either. I'm kind of cynical about certain things. And I don't think it would work on me. But I do like to imagine a lot, so maybe it would. Who knows? Well, I think I'd actually be really easy to hypnotize because I'm very imaginative. I use my imagination to get real excited. Sometimes I like to imagine myself dribbling down a soccer field as fast as I can. I look up, I shoot, I score. The crowd goes wild. And then I lean in and sniff a rose on a rose bush. And chant, 
Oh. Back on track, Rosie. Yes. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh. <laughs> so, to enter a hypnotic state, you have to be at least a little bit hypnotizable, which almost everyone is, and you have to have a good relationship with your doctor. You have to trust them. Once you're comfortable, your doctor will usually do a test run so you can see how it works and feels. Dr. Dan said it might go something like this. Close your eyes and put your attention completely and totally on the sound of the air flowing in the room. Whether it's heat or air conditioning, they can hear it. Let your head nod when you hear it. A slow nod comes from the subconscious mind, and it's it's not like you would do if you were nodding your head on purpose. It's like slow motion on TV or in a movie. So then I asked them to turn it up in their mind. Let's say it goes from zero to 10, turn up the sound to about seven. And I don't have to ask them to nod. Then they nod when they've done it. And that's the proof that this is a hypnotic experience. Their head knows to nod automatically without a request. And then turn it all the way up to 10. Blast it. When it's there and you can't stand it anymore, then turn it right down to zero. And then their heads nod. And then they open their eyes. And I say, what'd you think? And the kid always says, that was cool. So to enter a hypnotic state, people like Dr. Dan will ask patients to focus on different images, sounds, or sensations, take deep breaths, and focus. Mm-hmm. Doctors do whatever helps you focus and slip into an imaginative world. Once you're there, your doctor will gently suggest things to you to help you solve problems and achieve your goals. Dr. Dan talked about some of the ways hypnosis has helped his patients. Hypnosis is very helpful for a lot of problems that kids run into in their lives. Bedwetting is one of them. Headaches is another one. Tummy aches, different kinds of pain, are all helped very easily by hypnosis. I actually asked a patient of Dr. Dan's to join us in the studio today. He did hypnotherapy with Dr. Dan for a while, and it helped him a ton. Now he practices self-hypnosis at home. Self-hypnosis is when someone puts themselves into that super-focused, suggestible state that we just talked about instead of working with a doctor. Ooh, that must be him now. Ooh, how relaxing. Thanks for coming. Everyone, this is Josh from Maple Grove, Minnesota. Hi. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Hi. So, it's lovely to have you here in the studio. We've been learning all about hypnosis and hypnotherapy today, and we are very interested to talk to you about your experience with it. Yes, I'm glad to talk about it. Sweet. So, when did you first try hypnosis? About two years ago in 2021. Nice. Why did you start hypnosis, Josh? Um, I didn't really want to, but my parents, <laughs> during 2021, I my parents signed me up for it, and I met Dr. Dan for the first time because of anxiety during 2021, and it helped me a lot. Okay, so when you went in for the first time, how did it feel to be hypnotized for the first time? It felt really cool. Like, it, it just felt—it was a very different experience than anything I've really felt before, but it's very calming, and you just— you're really just in a different world when you're, like, really in this state of mind. And did it help you with your anxiety kind of right away, or was it a process where you had to kind of 
do it a few times? It was more of a process. Like, after a while, it took me a few weeks or months to really get it down, and then just I could do it whenever I want, and then it really started helping me with that. Yeah, was it scary the first time? It Yeah, because it's, it's a bit weird because, you know, like in movies and shows, you always see the little, like, stopwatch, and you're like, <laughs> you are going to fall asleep, but it's <laughs> nothing like that whatsoever. It's just about you just, like, sit there, and you just— Get in that state of mind, you take deep breaths, and and it's just very calming. But, yeah, I was a bit scared the first time. Do you know when you're hypnotized? Yeah, I picture I'm swimming in a lake, and it's very calming, and there's turtles. You can do whatever you want, too. Like, you can play chess with the turtle, and it's (laughs) just—and it's like you're just right there doing it, and it's, it's really fascinating. It's cool. The chest with the turtle. That's very cool. So is that is that something you've actually imagined? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes awesome. I'm like swimming and then I like get out of the lake and I'm like, oh, there's a turtle. And then I go sit with a turtle and play chess. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you are you good at chess? Does the turtle beat yeah. you? Like what's happening? He does beat me a lot. Oh. It's really annoying. <sighs> I guess you have to practice more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so is, is the lake kind of the place you go usually? Yeah, I usually go that to there. And Dr. Dan always said it's like flipping channels. You mm. can go wherever you want. Like sometimes I'm playing baseball or sometimes I'm just walking along a beach. Sometimes I'm in my school and doing a test or something. It, it can be anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. I wondered if, if you could describe the difference between maybe trying meditation versus trying self-hypnosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think meditation is more like a like your like a self reflection, mm-hmm. but self hypnosis it's kind of like that, but it's more of an imagination. Mm. So meditation is almost like emptying your mind. Yeah, and then, and the, then yeah, self hypnosis is filling your mind with good stuff. That's so cool. Can you sort of describe the way it does help with your anxiety? Mm-hmm. Like, what about it is helpful? Like, if I go to the lake or if I'm playing a baseball game in it, like, it's just those things that, like, that make me joyful, like, normally, like, without hypnosis. And just doing that, like, because I'm usually not as stressed out when I'm playing baseball. But, like, it's the difference, like, if I'm, like, at school or something and I'm trying to, like, be more calm or with my siblings yelling and screaming (laughs) all the time. Mm -hmm. It's, like, when you're there, it just, it really does, like, once you— stop doing it and you go back to normal it's just like you feel you really do have it under control and it's like if it's like a 10 in with anxiety it really brings you back to like a three that's really cool so it's almost like you're able to travel to a place where you're calm and yeah. it kind of like teaches your brain like you can be calm whenever you want yeah very cool how do you go really into self-hypnosis yeah that's a great question some people can just fall back into a chair and just do it. Usually I have to like lay down, I close my eyes, and as Dr. Dan told me, you have to breathe in and notice when you're breathing in, you're breathing in good thoughts and good feelings and then breathing out. And it's like, you really have to imagine it, like breathing in, breathing out, and like feeling that and like breathing out the bad bad feelings and breathing in the good ones. That's really cool. Josh, thank you so much for sharing all this with us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, I've got to go too. All this talk about turtles playing chess has made me real excited to try hypnosis myself. But first, I have to go buy a taxidermied rat for my uncle. What? Why? It's a secret. Ta-ta. Okay. See ya. Bye-bye. Taxidermied rat? That's a bit of a mystery. You ready for another one, Jasmine? Yeah. Great. Then it's time for the... 
Are you ready for the mystery sound, Jasmine? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Um, maybe like some pots and pans like banging together in the kitchen. Hmm, very good guess. I feel like it's like at the end it's like someone plopping down on something. Okay. Maybe. Do you still hear the pots and pans first? Uh yeah, I think I still do. Okay, pots and pans and then some plopping. Mm-hmm. So in what scenario would someone be having pots and pans and then plopping, do you think? Maybe they like just I don't really know what scenario, but I think it's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're cooking a big dinner. Mm-hmm. They're exhausted. And then they just want to sit down on a chair or something. They need a break. Like, yeah. I'm going to plop on this chair for a second. Yeah. Catch my breath, and then I'll finish the mashed potatoes. Yeah. We'll hear it again, get another chance to guess, and hear the answer at the end of the show. So stick around. Hey friends, we're working on an episode all about matches. Those incredible little wooden sticks that make fire when you strike them on a surface. And we want to hear from you. If you could come up with a new name for matches, what would it be? Maybe the spark maker or flame sprites. Jasmine, what do you think? What is your new name for matches? Maybe like a mini lava stick. Oh yeah, that's a very exciting name. Listeners, please record yourself delivering your new name for matches. You can send them to us at brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can send us mystery sounds, drawings, and questions. Like this one. What happens if you put too much yeast in bread? Again, that's brainson.org slash contact. And keep listening. Brains. You're listening to Brains On. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Molly. And today we're talking about hypnosis. We started by talking about hypnotherapy, which is when doctors use hypnosis to help their patients. Hypnosis is when you're guided into a calm, unique state of mind, sort of like zoning out or playing pretend. And you get there by being totally absorbed in whatever you're imagining. And when you're in the state of mind, you become more open to new ideas and suggestions. And with the help of a doctor, hypnosis can help you achieve your goals. You can even learn self-hypnosis to help yourself at home. There's a bunch of research out there that shows hypnosis can help some people's brains feel better. But some people still don't even think it's real. So let's talk about why some people think about it this way. Well, for one, movies and television make hypnosis seem a little strange or unbelievable. You might have seen hypnosis in movies like Captain Underpants and The Incredibles. Or in cartoons like Pokemon and Bugs Bunny. And they might have sounded a bit like this. Watch the pretty coin of gold and you will do what you are told. Repeat after me. I don't believe in fairies. I don't believe in fairies. I don't believe in fairies. Look closely at it and relax your mind. Zach, why are you showing me an old watch? Shh, just focus on the watch. Let's talk about dancing. It's... But here's the thing. The hypnosis you see in movies and on TV is not very accurate. People's eyes don't spin like pinwheels when they're hypnotized. And like we said earlier, it isn't mind control. 
You can't make someone do something they don't want to do. Hypnosis is also sometimes used in live magic shows. Sometimes a performer will get dressed up and hypnotize people on stage in front of an audience just to wow them. These performers use a lot of the same techniques doctors use, only they aren't trying to help the people on stage. Yeah, they're just trying to entertain the audience. So sometimes these performers will try to make what they're doing seem like magic. But it's not. So where did these ideas about hypnosis being magical come from? Franz Mesmer! Magical? What poppycock? Whoa, the ghost of Franz Mesmer? Tis I, and I'm hardly magical. I'm mesmerizing. Yeah, to mesmerize someone means to hold their attention so they can't look away. It is hard not to look at you. You've got dazzling eyes, a dashing goatee, and a really cool purple cape. Oh, stop, Jasmine. You're making me blush. And the word mesmerize comes from... Me, Franz Mesmer. My name, call me Franz, the mesmerizing Mesmer. Franz Mesmer is often called the father of hypnosis, even though the term hypnosis wasn't invented until decades after he died. He became famous for using a type of hypnosis to help medical patients feel better. But getting people's brains into that imaginative focused state that we call hypnosis has actually been around for much, much longer. It was practiced in ancient Greece and Rome and has been a part of shamanic traditions around the world for centuries. But Franz Mesmer made it popular in Europe. And because he believed in some other pretty strange ideas, people thought he was a little strange too. How very rude. Sorry, but you believed in animal magnetism. Of course I did. I still do. It makes no sense. Animal magnetism is the theory that all humans have invisible fluid from the stars flowing through thousands of tiny pathways in their bodies. When people got sick, Mesmer believed that something was blocking these invisible fluids, and it was his job to get them flowing again. To do that, he'd wave his hands in front of his patients' bodies or touch them with magnets and send them into trances. A trance is a lot like that dissociative state we talked about earlier. And he called this practice mesmerism. I wanted to make the name of my technique easy to remember. Mesmer. Mesmerism. It's all about branding. Molly, you should start practicing bloomerism, the practice of podcasting with pizzazz. I'll think about it. But as I was saying, it turns out animal magnetism was not based on real science. We do not have invisible fluids from the stars flowing through our bodies. What? Nope, no invisible star juice. But, Mr. Mesmer, you were on something. Of course I was. Mesmerism, or the practice of sending his patients into trances and suggesting things to them, was helping people get better. So, throughout the 1800s, psychologists kept trying different versions of Mesmer's techniques, and all the while, patients kept seeing results. So it was decided that mesmerism wasn't all hocus-pocus. And it was renamed hypnosis. And it's still being practiced today. See? Still totally handsome, definitely great taste in capes. Well, I must be off. Places to go. People to haunt. See you, Franz. Bye-bye. So, Mesmer's flowing cape, hand-waving, and wild eyes made an impression. Today, we can see stage performers and cartoons use versions of Mesmer's personality and style in their spectacles and shows. 
But Molly, there are other reasons why people are not so sure about hypnosis. Right, because even though research shows that hypnosis works for some people, we don't know exactly how yet or why. Scientists have studied the brain to try and see what is happening when people are hypnotized. And they've found that hypnosis does change the way our brain works. For example, when people are hypnotized and told that something won't be as painful as they think it would be, the part of their brain that usually lights up and says, ow, when something hurts, it doesn't react as much during hypnosis. And because of that, the people actually feel less pain. So something is shifting in our brains when we go into a trance. Our brains are stepping back, being less judgy, and doing things differently. But we don't really know why. Hypnosis is a bit of a mystery because when it comes to the brain, there's still a lot to figure out. And mysteries make some people uneasy, but they make me relaxated. All this hypnosis talk is making me want to try out Rosie's technique of combining thrilling excitement with total relaxation. Woo, me too. Want to go meditate on a roller coaster? Yeah. Let's go! Hypnosis is a combination of three mental states, dissociation, absorption, and suggestibility. Which means it feels like dreaming while you're awake. You're totally lost in the movie of your mind. And feeling more open to doing what people suggest to you. People can't make you do things you don't want to do through hypnosis. And doctors who use it to help their patients are more like coaches who help you achieve your goals. We don't know exactly how it works, but we know that for many people, it does. That's it for this episode of Brains On. This episode was written by Rosie DuPont and Lou Barron. It was produced by Molly Bloom, Ruby Guthrie, Anna Goldfield, Aaron Wildeslossi, Anna Weigel, and Mark Sanchez. Our editors are Sandin Totten and Shayla Farzan. Sound designed by Rachel Breeze with engineering help from Alex Simpson. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Special thanks to John Hamilton, Kristen Lundin, Michal Rischel, Linda Thompson, and Dr. Daniel Cohen. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. There are lots of ways to support the show. Subscribe to Brains On Universe on YouTube, where you can watch animated versions of some of your favorite episodes, or head to brainson.org. While you're there, you can send us mystery sounds, drawings, and questions. And you can subscribe to our Smarty Pass. It gives you a special ticket to Brains On Universe bonus content plus ad-free episodes. Okay, Jasmine, are you ready to hear that mystery sound again? Yeah. All right, here it is. What do you think? Um, now I'm starting to think it's some, maybe it's like a chain reaction of some kind. Ooh. Yeah. What kind of chain reaction? Maybe like, like it, it has to do something with metal, I think. Okay. Metal's involved, a chain reaction, there was some plopping. Yeah. Something's happening. I'm going to guess it's a Rube Goldberg machine. It's like one of those contraptions where like one thing leads to another, like a uh, marble rolls down and then it makes this thing yeah. open. You know, one of those. Uh, that's my guess. Should we hear the answer? Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Hi, my name is Maya. And, t- and that was the sound of me practicing my gymnastics routine on bars. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I... I would never. <laughs>
That is a tricky one. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that was like kind of like the springs you were yeah. hearing. That was the metal. Yeah. So you weren't that far. And there was plopping. Yeah. At the end of the routine, there was a plop. Yeah. So not that far off. <laughs> Pretty good. Now it's time for the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible kids who keep the show going with their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Leon Alden from Reno, Nevada, James and Caroline from Belton, Texas, Ginevra from Santa Fe, New Mexico, Caleb, Gabriella, and Gideon from Tucson, Arizona, Daphnia from El Paso, Texas, Isabella from Bloomfield, New Jersey, Farah and Ford from Harrison, New York, Amira from London, Josie and Matan from Columbia, Maryland, Zita from Elizabeth, New Jersey, Ellis from Columbia, South Carolina, Noah from Eureka, Australia, Zara from Bellevue, Washington, Micah from Cleveland, Alexander from Melbourne, Australia, Max from Aachen, Germany, Ava from Reedsville, North Carolina, Charlotte from Tuscumbia, Alabama, Alma and Mika from Carborough, North Carolina, Albie from Logan, Utah, Saren from Cambridge, Massachusetts, George from Chattahoochee, Georgia, Luke and Mila from Stoneham, Massachusetts, Via from Boston, Zeke from Hickman, Nebraska, Jasper and Eddie from Bowser, British Columbia, Bryn from Monrovia, Maryland, Callan from Duxbury, Massachusetts, Amaya and Ren from New Haven, Connecticut, Liam from Roslyn, New York, Claire and Lucy from Malden, South Carolina, Daniel from Toronto, Samantha from Dallas, Connor from Port Elliott, Australia, Aliyah from Peachtree Corners, Georgia, Lenora from Washington, Lee from Concord, Massachusetts, Jude from Croton, Ohio, Liam from Virginia Beach, Virginia, Malaya and McKenna from Huntsville, Alabama, Henry from North Bend, Washington, Alice and Liam from Charlotte, North Carolina, Ridima from Bangalore, India, Ellie from St. Louis, James from Pennington, New Jersey, Kate from Sarasota, Florida, Chanel from Littleton, Colorado, Joshua from Baltimore, Aisha from San Jose, Costa Rica, Ms. Jojo's first and second grade class from Fairfax, Vermont, Pearl and Daisy from Los Osos, California, Christopher from Great Falls, Virginia, Pacific from Toronto, Ella from Colorado Springs, James from Dubai, and Phoenix from London. We'll be back next week with a breezy episode all about beachy, beautiful sand. Thanks for listening.